Do you ever feel like the earth is just so boring? Well, let's go to the moon! That's right, the Moonshot Podcast Network is celebrating with its springtime stream for charity, the Moon Carnival, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 26th through the 28th. We've got Hades, we've got Hitman, we've got Hot Wheels. We've got a good time ready for you for a good cause for Trans Lifeline this Memorial Day weekend at twitch.tv slash moonshot network. And welcome to Alone at the Table. In this podcast, I play solo RPGs, and I invite you to come along for the experience. My name is Audrey. Today's game is Notorious by Jason Price. The tagline of this game is a game of hardscrabble bounty hunting amid intergalactic war, It's fairly obvious if you look at the cover and you know anything about this game, but it's also right here on the credits page. Themes inspired by Star Wars, especially The Empire Strikes Back, Shadows of the Empire, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and The Mandalorian. I've had my eye on this game for a while. The art on the cover is just really fantastic. It's a cast of characters that really draw you in. You could play any of them, but we're going to actually build our own bounty hunter for this game. So we've got our introduction section here. Notorious is a sci-fi tabletop role-playing game for one player. It can be played as a short one-shot adventure or as a series of anthology stories. I don't know yet if I'm going to make an anthology about my character, but we'll see. If this one goes well and I have fun, I might revisit. In this game, you play to tell stories of the nomads, notorious bounty hunters who strike fear among the scum and villainy of the universe and follow a dubious code of honor. This is basically Star Wars with the serial numbers filed off. I have taken um, some liberties with the setting. I am the co-creator of a game called Spaceships and Starworms, which is a 5e sci-fi game. You can play it without the D&D books. But I really love the setting we made for that game. It's called the Nakora Galaxy. I've decided that I'm going to play my game of Notorious in the Nakora. That involves a few slight adjustments, mostly about which factions are which and which species are which. I'm not going to use the species that are here in the book. I They actually hit most of the same tropes slash archetypes that are represented in the Nakora Galaxy. So I will be able to convert them. A huge part of this game is the guild code. You want to make sure that your reputation is good and that you're in good standing with the guild. As always, I don't want to spoil 100% of everything in the games that I'm playing because I do want to encourage you to go buy the games and check them out for yourselves. This one especially, I think, this game especially, I think that there is plenty of replay value. It's built into the rules, but we'll get to that. So the guild code. Finish the job. 
only kill when necessary. Nomads don't fight nomads. Your employer's business is their own. Don't get attached. Then we get into the before you play section. There is a nice note here that I think is good in the tone of a game like this. It's still worth highlighting the focus on established sci-fi tropes around bounty hunting, war, deception, and flashbacks to past trauma. Nomads may assist overtly fascist or criminal organizations in their goals and be rewarded for capturing or killing targets. To be clear, this is simply a love letter to a specific genre. Real-life fascists are not welcome. So I really like that. I thought that was a nice touch. Something that I've been thinking about and talking about with people lately is the value of a what is a tabletop game slash what is an RPG section that's in a lot of games. I think that for me, those sections are most helpful when they set my expectations for the game I'm playing, and this game did it really well. So for this game, you need the player sheet, pencil, eraser, two six-sided die, optionally in different colors, and somewhere to write your story. Another thing that I enjoy here in this introductory section is that the author acknowledges that there are different ways that people like to play games, even solo games. He specifically calls out arcade mode and story mode. Arcade mode is more just the dice rolls, but you don't have to document your answers to the prompts that may come up in the game. Story mode is you're going to respond to the prompts, probably have a longer artifact of play when you're finished. In general, I have four reactions when I'm interacting with a person. They are speak, threaten, attack, and recruit. The two D6s that I mentioned in the tools you need to play section are one for my nomad, I have a nice gold die here for that, and one for your opponent, that's called the challenge die. I have a red two-tone die for that. If I roll higher on the nomad die than I do on the challenge die, my reaction succeeds. The other important thing to note before I build my nomad is that I have three attributes, favor, notoriety, and motivation. These will be modified based on how my interactions in the game goes, and that in turn causes future interactions in the game world to change. So let's build a little guy. First, I rolled a d6 to see which type of nomad I would be playing. I rolled the assassin. Your unassuming nature and modest attire hide a killer instinct, honed through years of intense training. Once I've rolled this profile, it tells me what my loadout is, and then I can roll my origin, my scar, and my trigger. For my origin, I got, you were employed by Red Moon Syndicate until you angered their capricious leader. Red Moon Syndicate is one of the factions in this game. I'll talk a little bit more about them in a bit. For my scar, most of my internal organs have been replaced by a set of visible cybernetic parts. And then for my trigger, you were orphaned at a young age and inducted into a harsh agent training school. All right, it's time to take a pause really quick so that I can talk about the setting. Full disclosure, I recorded a very long segment that explained all of the species in the Nakora galaxy right here. I am interjecting now to re-record and tell you just about the species that you need to know about for my playthrough of Notorious, as well as just the factions. When you're doing your character and mission setup for this game, 
it has you roll to see which planet you're focused on. And then each planet tells you which factions and which species are most present there. Back to past, Audrey. The primary species that we might run into here, we have the Ezonites, which are a magical species made of rock and fire. They smelt minerals in their core rather than eating. They're from a planet that is tidally locked, so one side is eternally dark and one side is eternally light. And they have like a cycle of regeneration where they dissolve on the home planet and get reincorporated into the magic cycle there. We have the Glabrow, which are like a beast-like cat-slash-dog-like species from a very cold very icy planet. They are users of like kinetic energy machines for their spaceships. In general, have kind of a a focus on like sports, uh, physical challenges. There are Kygorans, which are divided into two subspecies that evolved parallel on the same planet. You have the Kyrov, which are kind of uh, orc-like in their appearance. They are tall, strong. They basically moved to the mountains after a catastrophic event on the planet and adapted equivalently. And then you have the Kaigad. They went underground after the catastrophic event. So they are much more compact. They have strong grip strength for climbing, digging, etc. There are Luantua, which are bird-like people they have the bat thing where like their fingers are at the elbow joint of their wings and they usually fight with their feet you have the paranthi which are an axolotl like species they are amphibious which means they can breathe underwater they secrete like a gel that kind of hardens into cartilage underwater so true mermaids my favorite they're pretty gross Anytime you get to use the word secrete when making up a species, it's a good time. There's the Meishar, which are a species mostly feminine presenting in gender. They have they have a different conception of gender, so often use she, her pronouns, even if that is not a female gender as humans would interpret it. They have these like tentacle appendages on their head, almost like anemone fronds. The next bit of setting info we need to cover is the factions. The game lays out the old empire, the new uprising, the Targ cartel, the trade alliance, the Red Moon Syndicate, and the Mystic Order. You can probably guess what those are analogs for in the Star Wars universe. For the purposes of playing in the Nakora, I am making the Novus Federation, the old empire. They're a group attached to the Paranthi homeworld of Nova, which is largely known for going to frontier space and terraforming planets. They don't generally terraform planets that have sentient species on them. They have the whole Star Trek non-interference thing going on, but they do terraform unoccupied planets. So it makes for a relatively young planet that is ripe for political turmoil. The Trade Alliance is the Kygoran Glabrow conglomerate, which is exactly what it sounds. It's a corporate entity united between two enterprising planets, Kygor and the Glabrow homeworld of Wrath. It exerts its influence here to take hold of any sort of commercial endeavors that are happening. I've also decided to keep the Red Moon Syndicate name the same. 
I've just associated it with the Ezonites, which are the rock and fire species. So the description here in the game is a secretive but influential crime organization run by Zix the Eighth. Nope, the Thirteenth. Fun fact about me, I can't read Roman numerals well. The final pieces of setup for this game are figuring out who your contract is and why you are hunting them. So you similarly roll their species, figure out their name, roll their personality, the same as you would for your nomad. And then you roll a planet where the story takes place, faction that is your client that is present on the planet, and why the faction posted the bounty. There's a space on the character sheet for this information in addition to the information about your character. It's a nice little sheet, probably would have been easier if I had printed it off, but I'm using it digitally and that works fine. Something that is nice about this game is that it came with digital versions of all the random generators, so you can open those in your browser to use them instead of having to go through and do it physically. We like physical dice on this game. I'm using physical dice, but it is a nice touch so that you could theoretically play it without dice if you needed to. When you roll to determine your planet, it establishes the predominant species on the planet, prominent destinations, and competing factions that are there. They set up the factions in a cool way. There is a controlling, a challenging, and a minor faction that are all trying to kind of take the place of power on this planet. I thought that was a nice backdrop thing that you can interact with. The last thing to cover before I get into actually playing this game is how the gameplay goes. Your hunt for the target is told in a loop. So you're rolling on tables, you're reacting to prompts, resolving them, and repeating things. It starts out with exploration, where you're looking for leads, looking for anything that might get you closer to your target, and then you move on to destinations after you've resolved whatever prompt you rolled for exploration. Now, the way that things progress in the game, your notoriety stat can change And once it hits like a certain threshold, you are rolling differently on the tables, which is really interesting to me. I think that that's nice. It'll, it'll create a very fluid structure for the story. I think that's my prediction. It's also set up so that when you encounter your third lead, that person is the target. So you have a dramatic showdown against them. You get to choose how you deal with them, what happens, and then you move along to the epilogue to calculate your final score, which is based off of your stats that you have, your notoriety, favor, and the third one that I don't remember. Motivation. Motivation is the third one. A fun note about this game and the setup is that At every turn, it's asking you how the things that you're rolling are influencing the way that people see you, the way that you approach the job, how it informs your behaviors. And it also says that you might break the guild's rules and decide not to bring in a bounty, not to fulfill the job that you were contracted to do. So I'm really excited to see how this goes. You could very easily play a totally amoral bounty hunter scumbag. I not sure I will succeed at doing so, despite the background that I rolled for my character, but I'm going to do my best. 
And unfortunately, that is it for this episode. That's right, it's a two-parter. The gameplay for this game actually comes out fairly long on its own, so this one I'm splitting up. You'll get all the setup that I just went through, all the mechanics in this first part, and then the next part you don't have to wait two weeks for. I will post it next week so you can listen to it right away. That will be my actual gameplay, and then probably my debrief. If the gameplay goes really long, this will be a three-parter, but we'll see. I'm super excited to play this. I'm really excited about the character that I've rolled and getting to set it in the Nakora Galaxy, which is a setting that's near and dear to my heart that I've helped write, is just going to be really fun, I think. I think that this game is going to be very exciting. As always, you can find me on Tumblr at Lady Tabletop, or you can email me if you have questions, comments, suggestions, etc., at aloneatthetablepod at gmail.com. Alone at the Table is part of the Moonshot Podcast Network, which creates a lot of cool streaming and podcast content. You can find other shows at moonshotpods.com. If you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you would rate, review, give feedback. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened so far and who has given feedback or said that they enjoyed it. It makes my day so, so much better to read that stuff because I have a lot of fun making this show and all I really hope is that you have fun listening to it. So thank you very much to everybody who has said something nice or just said that they listened. Really makes my day. Feedback and ratings also have the added bonus, I guess, of making the show a little more discoverable to new people, but that's just an extra bonus. I'll see you next time. Thank you.